Barb, it's so good to have you back with us today. Thank you for the music team. How are you? Welcome this morning. Awake, alive, alert, and enthusiastic. Sizzling with zeal and enthusiasm, Ted. Super. For those of you who don't know, that's a reference to Charles Fillmore at 93, who sizzled, left forth with a mighty face, sizzling with zeal and enthusiasm to do what was his to do. So this is what we come together, to sizzle with zeal and enthusiasm so we have the energy to go out and do what is ours to do. And like me, perhaps you have to practice that. And so we have a spiritual practice every week. And last week in our practice, it was to think of someone you don't like, someone that it's hard for you perhaps at times to hold in that place of, of um, love and acceptance. And in that, to, to make a different choice, to determine to see them from this place of understanding, from compassion, to hold them in your open heart. So how many of you did that spiritual practice this week? Oh, yay, look at the hand. So those of you who did that, is there anybody out there who would like to share whatever your aha was, your, your moment of understanding, and like immediately Scott raised his hand. So he must have something really good to say. And so Scott, here's my, um, uh, you know how you have a warning? Okay, so here's the warning. We're on live stream. Hello, everybody. And that means whatever you're going to share is going to go out to the World Wide Web. And I, okay, good. Good, good, good. I just want you to be aware. Um, this is an aunt of mine. It's my mother's younger sister. Uh, right. And we usually tell it like it is. She's 88, my mother's 97. We're going to come together next Sunday for a family reunion. Mm. And we've had issues for many years. <laughs> so I decided to work on that. And it culminated the night before last in a dream where, and I have to tell you, she has macro degeneration. We're riding in a car together. And we had gone through the car wash, and her gas tank was leaking. So it was reported, and the police were following us. And we were going places. Cars don't usually go. <laughs> and the dream ended, we were still, we hadn't been caught yet. So, I can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> All right, so should we do dream analysis here? Try to figure out what is what, right? Therapy. You know, you know what I'm thrilled about, Scott, is that, that you're already anticipating, right? In a week, I'm going to be with this aunt, this one that causes this, you know, emotion within me, and I'm going to start right now holding on this place. And the car wash, I'm just thinking this is like a whole new wash, you know, wash, wash with water, baptized together. The outrunning the police, though, I don't know where that one fits in. All right, thank you. Anybody else? All right, so we're just going to continue to work with that idea, right? To choose somebody that we have a hard time holding in that place of loving acceptance, and we're going to do that together. And we're going to continue this week with another story and another practice. And so if you didn't do that one, you'll have another opportunity this week. So throughout this whole summer, we're sharing wisdom tales from around the world, sharing tales from different spiritual traditions, 
Um, you know, we've had a Buddhist, we've had the Hindu. Um, so we're moving today into uh, the Islamic tradition with a story from the Sufis. And the Sufis are that mystical branch of Islam. So we'll say some more about that in a minute. But let me share with you first our wisdom tales of the day. So this is called Looking for the Keys. Mullah Nasruddin, the wise sage, crept around in the dust, inspecting the ground. His persistence caused another man to stop and ask, What are you doing? Mullah replied, I have lost the key to a great treasure, and I am trying to find it here. A great treasure, exclaimed the man. Well, let me help you to search for it. A woman, passing on her way to the market, seeing the two men crawling around in the dust, asked, What are you doing? The man replied, We're searching for the key to a great treasure. It's been lost, and I'm helping the sage to find it. A great treasure, exclaimed the woman. Well, let me help you search for the key, too. A large caravan came along. The head camel driver stopped, and seeing three people crawling in the dust, inquired, Why are you crawling on the ground? The woman replied, We're searching for the key to a great treasure. It's been lost, and I'm helping the sage and this man to find it. A great treasure, exclaimed the camel driver. Like the others, he thought, perhaps when it is found, we can share it. He invited everyone in the caravan to help. Let us all assist you in this important task. A large crowd now crawled around in the dust, looking for the key. After a long while of unsuccessful searching, a young boy asked the mullah, Are you certain that you dropped the key here? Mullah stopped poking around in the dust and replied, Well, no, I lost the key somewhere inside of the house. The crowd stopped searching, stood up and asked, Then why are we wasting our time looking for it outside? Well, that is an excellent question, Mullah replied. Your insight is clear. It is too dark to look for the key in my house. There is far more light out here. The lost key. How do you and I do that? This particular story does come from the Sufi tradition. And in the Sufi tradition, Mullah Radin was a, um, a character said to have lived in Turkey in the Dark Ages. And he was a comedian, what we today would call a satirist, right? He, he shared truth from that place of comedy. And you can hear that kind of comedy in that, inviting us to see the ridiculousness of what we sometimes do. See it from a new light. Do you see how ridiculous you are when you do this, right? From the Sufi tradition, as I said, uh, it is a part of the mystical side of Islam. The mystical side, which I kind of think of in terms of unity too, right? Where it's not just about knowing God, but it's about actually merging with that divine power and presence, opening up to that power and presence that is within and experiencing all of life, every aspect of life from that mystical awareness that I and the divine are one and that the divine is working in, through, and as me. Right? That's the mystical side of spiritual experience. So Sufism is that, very much um, influenced by Rumi, the poet, beautiful poet, who also inspired, you know, the whirling Sufis. Anybody seen those, right? With a and whirl the dervishes, we call them, right? And they're whirling and whirling and whirling um, 
to, to get themselves out of their heads and into their hearts, because the heart is the way of the Sufis. In Sufism, there is a belief that there are seven planes of existence. The subtlest plane is the plane of God's abode, the absolute, just as in unity. We, too, believe that there is this plane of existence, of, if you will, called the absolute. And just like the Sufis, we believe that that absolute permeates all of creation, that we can experience the divine throughout all of creation, very much in alignment. In Sufism, the path requires us to love. It's all about having an open heart. And so there are three levels to that open heart. The first is to love that which is good and benevolent, right? To love those things that are easy to love, if you will. That's where we can begin, because for some of us, that's where we have to start. Let me first start by opening my heart to that which is easy to love, so I can start cracking my heart open. But we don't stay there. Mystical union with the divine invites us deeper. And so we go to the next level, which is a sacrificial love. This is where I get my own self out of the way and do what the divine is calling me to do that might require some sacrifice from me. And then we don't stop there. Once we have experienced the love at that level, then we take it even deeper. And we begin to love without discrimination, loving everyone and everything simply because we know that they, too, are an expression of the divine. So we move from loving where it's easy to loving where it's hard. And in the process, we are changed, and we get to know God, the divine, better through the activity then that we engage in. And so this story is speaking to us of how we typically will stay where it's easy. There's a bias out there. Greg has spoken to us about biases before. And there's a bias called observational bias that you see in this story. It's the idea of searching for something where it's easy and not looking at the places where it's harder. So in unity, we talk about loving one another. We talk about this place of compassion and understanding. We come together each week and it's like, yes, yes, yes. I believe in this power that is love. I believe in the divine. I believe that we are all one. And then we get to go forth into our lives and see, now how am I living that? Am I staying only seeking where it's easy? What does that look like? So sometimes in unity, because we have this idea one of our five principles that we create our life through the thoughts that we are holding in mind. Sometimes in unity, I've heard it said, I'm not going to watch the news because I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Anybody ever do that? I'm not going to talk to that person because they're always so negative and I don't need that in my life. I'm not going to look at these dark places within myself because I'm divine and I'm just going to show up in this place of love and never look at those dark shadows within us. Right? That's how we sometimes will look only where it's easy. And it's, you know what? It's easy to know the truth when it's easy, right? 
when life is going well, when we feel like we're in the flow, when all is unfolding in what we would call perfect order, it's so easy to be there and be there with an open heart then. But what do we do when life gets tough? What do we do when that relationship ends or that prosperity is lacking in our mind or we look out in the world and see the problems? Do we just put our fingers in our ears and close our eyes and go, la, 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 la. I don't need that kind of negativity. And this story and these ideas within the Sufi tradition invite us to take it deeper. To take it to that place of sacrifice. To take it to that place of, of new understanding. And that can be hard. I had a, we have a Wednesday new meditation retreat. And I lead that meditation. And so about three minutes before the meditation was to begin, my phone rang and I answered it. And it was somebody in that moment who was inviting me into this idea of sacrificial love, inviting me to do something that in that moment my mind went to all of the reasons why I didn't want to do that. Anybody recognize that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I said to the, to the person on the other end, I really got to get to meditation right now. <laughs> I got to go. And I went into meditation, and as you might imagine, my mind just went round and round and round trying to justify all of the reasons why I did not want to do what I was being invited to do by the person on the other end of the phone call. And I had lots of good reasons. I mean, typically when we're called into something deeper, we've got lots of good reasons why we don't want to do what they're inviting us to do, and we can usually justify that, and I could in that moment, but here I am sitting in meditation, leading this meditation about, you know, becoming still and being guided and letting love open your heart and wisdom and all of that, right? All of that which we come here to Unity Spiritual Center to hear and to be inspired by, yes, all of that, that Every morning on our phone call, anybody who joins that 8 a.m. phone call knows that we end it the same every day. It's, here I am, God, use me, that I might know the joy of being used by you. Has anybody ever been called or been aware of a moment in the day where you really get it? Oh, my gosh, I'm being called to be used by God in this moment, right? I see, I see nods. Now, let me ask you a question. Are those moments always easy? Sometimes those are the hardest things of all, right? Because we are stepping into this field of love that is expansive and transformative. And you know what? We cannot expand and transform without in the process being willing to become uncomfortable and giving up some idea that we're holding in our mind. And that's where I was at on Wednesday. And by the end of the meditation time, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I needed to say yes. I simply needed to say yes, that this was an opportunity, a call for me. And going back a couple of weeks where we talked about, do my beliefs align with my actions? It's easy to say, I love, and I'm here to love, and it's a whole lot harder when I'm called to love in a way that it requires me to give something up. 
am I willing? Am I willing to do so? This is what this particular story is speaking to me about. What am I willing to do to move outside of myself? I, I find myself really aware of how, as a unity minister who's been doing this for 18 years now, how my own understanding has been transforming over those times. In unity, we often talk about self-transformation. That's what it's about. Self-realization, self-actualization, self-transformation, healing yourself. Everybody hear that message here a lot, right? Because we've got this idea, we know without a shadow of a doubt that we are all a part of that human consciousness, that race consciousness, and that as we heal ourselves, that we also begin to heal that energy, that consciousness of all of us together. So it's good. It's good to transform ourselves. It's good to be aware and realize and work on ourselves. But somewhere along the way, I became really aware that that could be really kind of narcissistic. We have to balance it. We can get so focused on self with such tunnel vision that we forget to look outside of ourselves and see the rest of the world that's out there that may need our hand. And so what I've come to understand for myself is that, yes, it's about self-transformation, but it cannot stop there. We have to move from only being aware of self to becoming aware of what's going on around me. And how am I being called to love those that I see around me? And we can get into this illusion that we're making a difference when we're not really taking ourselves to a really deep level. You know, another place that I see this is on social media. We can get into this sharing of ideas and think, there, did my part. And never get our hands dirty really doing it having those hard conversations with someone in person, lifting someone up that's in the depths of despair. I don't want that kind of negativity. I don't want to give energy to that. And I think that that's an error when we do that. And so what I'm inviting us to, what I think this particular story is inviting us to, is how can we do this deeper with one another? Here's another example. Sometimes when someone is in a place of great pain or great hurt, it can be really hard. It can be really uncomfortable to sit with them. Does anybody ever have that experience? Like, I don't know what I'll say. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do. And so what do we tend to do? What do I tend to do then in those instances? Nothing. Or... Maybe what I'll do, and there's nothing wrong with this, please, as I'm sharing this, do not think that there's anything wrong with this, but I might have this thought, I'll just send them off a little card of encouragement. And I send off a little card of encouragement, and in that moment I feel better. There. I've done my part. But I've stayed where it was easy. I've stayed where it was simple. I've stayed where it didn't stretch me a whole heck of a lot. I've stayed in a place where I haven't allowed myself to be really deeply transformed by that power that is love, that harmonizes all of life. So a deeper level, maybe to still send that card of encouragement, but it also might be to make that phone call. Can I come sit with you? Can I come be with you? 
without being afraid of, I won't know what to say, and I won't know what to do, and I won't know how to fix it, but just knowing that just sitting with that one might be enough. We're really good here at Unity Church at Center at doing our community outreach. Does everybody see all of these beautiful supplies that you've brought in? It's so fabulous. We're going to bless those in a moment for the children. And I'm so grateful for our community outreach team that does this for us so that we can give. But can you recognize that there is also this um, awareness that we could say that was enough? It's easy to pull out our checkbook. It's easy to go to the store and buy some supplies and bring them here. It's easy to say, there, I've done my part. And not take it deeper. There is nothing wrong with this, and I don't want you to hear that, but how different it would be to call a school and say, I want to come and help. I want to come and help somebody learn how to read. I want to come and help by sitting with a child. I want to... You know what? You don't even have to do that. What about the children in your life? I mean, I love my time with Zoe, but I have to be cautious and careful because there are times that I get so caught up in what needs to be done around that I forget to just be there with her. That sacrificial type of love, right, that requires me to put my own self out of the way and just show up and be with this one with an open heart, inviting God to use me that I might know the joy of being used by you, which is going to stretch me into the uncomfortable. Do you see that? So that's all. I'm just inviting us to consider that this week. Where can I move beyond searching only where it's easy? To searching in the depth. In the darkness of despair or sickness or chaos or confusion or conflict or whatever. How am I being called to show up here? in a way that's real, in a way that not only transforms me, but transforms the situation. And not rushing in as Savior, because that's different, too. I remember a couple of, uh, well, several years ago now at my past church, we would help out at a local soup kitchen during the summer months, once a month, to relieve one of the other churches. But here, here was what I noticed. Like, there was this attitude of, we're here because we're better than, but almost because we're better than. You should just accept this food that we prepared for you. You should just be grateful. Whatever it is, you should just eat it. You've got food, right? Which is so different than meeting that one in that place and saying, tell me something about yourself. Let me hear your story. Let me sit and eat with you. Let me be with you. Do you see how the difference is? We want to take it deeper. Be uncomfortable. Sit with the discomfort. Allow God to guide you. And when God does guide you, look down and take action. And don't go into all of the reasons why I can't do that. I didn't need that. So we have our, our practice. Uh, your bulletin. Again, the outer side of your bulletin is what you will leave behind today. There's about 40 of these that go every week. I find that very interesting. You'll get it back next week. Come back and get it back. 
But leave it in the recycle basket today as you leave, unless you want to fill out the Let's Connect card and give us your name and email address, and we will connect them. But the inside, the inside we want you to take. This has got some quotes on it for this week for you to think about. It's got our scripture for this week for you to think about. It's got our practice. It's got all this activity that's happening here. So let's look at our practice. Pay attention to the way you show up to challenges in your week. As soon as possible, remind yourself to be still and listen within for understanding and guidance. Take a breath. Expect an answer. The spirit within you will guide you to the next right thought, to hold word to speak, or action to take. And I'm telling you, when you hear it and you go, no, not that. That's when you're going to say with great enthusiasm, yes, that. Can you do that with me this week? We'll ask again. Are you willing to do that with me this week? Because only that, taking it deeply, that you will not only transform yourself, but you will transform the world. In that Sufi way of mysticism, right union with the divine. So our quote does come from Islam, from the Quran. God augments the guidance of those who choose to be guided. Are you willing to be guided? And you must know that God will guide you if you get still and listen. So take your card and post it somewhere where you'll be reminded of that this week. I need a reminder all the time. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did tell God to use me. Okay. Post it somewhere. And when you're ready, knowing that wisdom cannot be held close at hand, when you're ready to release the card, when you find yourself thinking, well, here's someone who could perhaps use this, then be willing to give the card away again. I thought you might like that. Yeah, just like that. All right. So let's go into our blessing of the source of power. I want you to close your eyes with me for just a moment. Get comfortable doing that. And in your mind, I want you to see how many children that are a part of Lord's home or these school supplies are going. Children of all ages. Children just beginning kindergarten with all the enthusiasm of a fresh student ready to go and to learn. All the way through the ages, all the way to that senior year when you're ready for it to just be done. See all of those children moving into their school year with, with that enthusiasm, with that desire to learn, with that desire to grow in their understanding. See their curious minds at work. See that intelligence that is the divine moving through their minds. See them receiving these supplies with such gratitude and with such joy. And that seeing give thanks. We give thanks, Mother, Father, and God, because we know that you are meeting each one where they are with such love, with such acceptance, with such joy. Thank you for giving each of us here the opportunity to do our part to bring in these supplies. Thank you that your wisdom and your intelligence has moved through us all. We bless these children. We bless these supplies. We bless this school year. And we see harmony 
within these children, within their families, within their school communities. And we give thanks for our past, for the generous way you opened our hearts. As we pray this thing through the power of that living, loving Christ nature, our true nature. And so it is. So as we end that prayer, I just want you to catch one word. If you had one word to give to a student that's going to get these supplies, what would that one word be? Catch it. And I want you to speak it aloud as a popcorn prayer to these children. This is what we intend for you to be blessed by. God, God bless. And this is the vision of God. God bless.